0: Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Duke Backus. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. The last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this message. Um, new season, same God, amen? Now how many of you know the Lord is faithful? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? He doesn't change. He doesn't change the nature of God the the substance of who God is the, the 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 being and the fabric of God is unchangeable. Amen. Men could try to redefine who God is and we could try to you know look at the scripture and maybe twist you know the attributes of, of who God is but ultimately it will not change God because God is the same yesterday today and forever. Amen. Though men have tried to redefine who God is God is the same. Amen. And so we we we've come to this Message that uh, we're looking at, and I I believe the Lord is just uh, showing me things that that I want to offer to you as encouragement, as keys of wisdom, if you will, just as things that we can apply to our life. Because through every season in life, we find ourselves faced with different challenges, amen. And though those challenges may differ, though those challenges may, may shift or they may change, even though the season shifts. God remains the same. And so even you could be faced, you know, like David. You know, David, before he went to the battle line to face Goliath, David, the scripture teaches, and and David reminded Goliath when he was standing before him, he had faced the paw of the lion. He had faced the paw of the bear. And just like Goliath, he would slay Goliath, amen? Because there was something that he had learned in those different instances. Amen? A lion and a bear might, might attack you differently. Amen? But if you have God in your corner and you have God on your side and you have Christ living in your heart, the victory still comes from the same source. Amen? The victory that Christ offers us will still come from the same place. And so that means that we still trust. Amen? We still have hope. We still believe, we still walk in faith, we still, you know, recite and rehearse the promises of God over our lives because the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But oftentimes, it's when we get shook because the, the challenge that we're facing, you know, is different than the last challenge or the last season that we were in. And sometimes it's like, you know, oh, man, you know, I've never gone through this before. And and sometimes it can shock you, you know, to a degree in your life, in your relationship with God, that that you almost forget that, you know, God is still able. Amen? It's almost as if it's like, you know what, you know, I, I I didn't realize that, you know, God was still able to get me through this, but he is still able. And so no matter what the season looks like, God is able to deliver us from that situation, amen? The Lord is able to take, if he was able to take those three Hebrew boys out of the fiery furnace, surely God can take you out of your situation. But even if he had to allow them to step into the fiery furnace and deliver them from that place, God is faithful. Sometimes we're waiting for the removal of God to take us out of a season while we're unwilling to learn what it is that he's trying to show us. Sometimes we're asking God, we're saying, oh, Lord, move us on. <laughs> God, I don't like this season of my life. I don't like this, these things that I've been facing, this same battle that's been continually haunting me and continually attacking my life. God, get me out of this season. And God is saying, I'm waiting for you to learn what I'm trying to show you. I'm waiting for you to receive what it is that I want you to see in this season. And so the Lord is faithful to show us, to teach us, to mature us, amen? And so pain, I I, I wrote this down in my notes. Pain, and if we could talk about, you know, pain as in a season. Pain is often experienced by believers during seasons of their walk with Christ. And as often as we'll experience pain in this lifetime, we must never forget this. Write this down. Your pain won't change his promise. No matter how painful it is, your pain will not change his promises. It was said this, one of the main ways that we moved from an abstract knowledge about God to a personal encounter and relationship with him as a living reality is through the furnace of affliction. It's through the furnace of affliction. Some of you are growing in your relationship with God right now through the greatest trial of your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. That means God has been showing you more and more of the depths of who he is because of this circumstance that nags at you day at night. Because of this very thing that has caused you to bow your knees and go to the Lord and trust in him in prayer day after day after day after day. And the Lord is growing you in dependence on him. He's growing you in trust through this very affliction that you could be facing in your life. And maybe you can't fully understand why you're still in your season or why you're still experiencing a certain circumstance. You know, a lot of times we think things, you know, has God abandoned me? Has God heard me? Does God even care what I'm going through? He does. Amen? He does. The Lord cares. The Lord is mindful. Amen? But we must never forget that he always defines us by what will refine us. That is, God is waiting for you to be refined, to be transformed, to be changed, so that you can ultimately become who He's always desired you to be. You see, the Lord is patient with us, amen? The Lord was patient with the Israelites. 40 years is patience, amen, Pastor Thomas? That's a lot of patience. <laughs> Some of you are not four minute patience. <laughs> You can't wait for your to, to to, you know, get there fast enough and you're almost ready to honk at the person in front of you because, you know, they didn't get something in their order and they should have taken off and, you know, you're still, uh, you're waiting in line and you're hoping that they'll move out of your way, but the Lord is patient with us and the Lord will allow us to go through a season long enough so that it refines our life. The seasons often don't shift because we're slow to receive the impact that God's trying to teach us. We are slow to be the ones to receive. I would challenge you in whatever season of life that you're in right now, always ask the Lord to show you what he wants you to know. Always ask the Lord to teach you what it is that he's trying to show you in this season. Don't, don't ever be like, you know what, God, just, just move me out. When you started school at your young age and, and, you know, you were in kindergarten, you were like, man, I already know how to color. Put me in first. No, you had to go through everything that they were going to teach you in kindergarten, right? You had to wait all those nine months and you had to go to class with all the same kids and learn day by day by day by day by day. Because though you thought kindergarten was just coloring, there was even other things that the teacher wanted you to learn right? There was more to it than what you could see, and there's always more to it from the perspective of God. The Lord sees, and the Lord knows, and the Lord is able to see our life, church. Do you know that he is the author and the finisher of our faith? That means he wrote the book of your life, so he knows every single detail and every single page, and guess what? The Lord knows that, you know, the beginning and the end, We're trying to figure out the end. We're trying to figure out the next step. We're trying to figure out the next thing that God wants for us. And the Lord already has been there. So no matter what you're facing or whatever you're going through, we must trust him that he knows what's best for us. He knows what it is that is best for us in this time and in this season of our life. And in just a moment, we'll see this progression that must happen in order to bring us to a lasting hope. In him, Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. And we're going to be reading a few verses here. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. It says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Amen. Let's pray for the word tonight. Lord, we thank you. For your precious word, and we thank you, God. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us, show us what you want us to know tonight. Just give us insight, Lord, and give us understanding, Father God, in this season of life that we face, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we give you free reign to just uh, challenge and move our hearts tonight. In your, your precious name that we pray, amen. Max Lucado said this, Does God guarantee the absence of struggle and the abundance of strength? He says, not in this life, but he does pledge to reweave your pain for a higher purpose. He does promise to reweave those things that we go through that are challenging and hurtful that maybe have you know, brought us great you know, grief or, or you know, our spirit is distraught because of some of the things that we have gone for, for a higher purpose. Amen? And, and I, I want us to kind of go back to two parts of that verse that we read just for a second. Verse 2, Romans 5 and 2 said this. He says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen? But he says, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, amen. We have a reason to rejoice, amen, because we have God, amen. We have the Lord on our side. Does anybody agree with that? Okay, all right, checking if you're awake. I said we have all the reason to rejoice in him because he is our hope, amen. But the scripture clearly tells us that we also should rejoice in this. We rejoice in our sufferings. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we rejoice, you know, in the, in, in the thing that we are suffering from. But we are rejoicing from the place of suffering. Does that make sense? We're rejoicing from that place. You know, I, I wasn't really thanking God when I dropped my drumstick. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, man, you know, like this is, this is not a, <laughs> this wasn't planned. <laughs> it's what I didn't want to do. And, and, it, and it was really hard because I dropped the one in my right hand. And I had to go way, over, go way over here where the other one was. It's not a, the most uh, you know, beneficial place to be in. I wasn't necessarily thanking God in that second because I made a mistake. But we thank God in all seasons of life and we show that we can rejoice from that place. I can rejoice from that place knowing because guess what? It wasn't about the perfection. It wasn't about the song. It wasn't about the music or my ability to perform something. It's always been about God. And even if my mistake is messy, God still deserves the glory. Amen? Even if our suffering, the things that we go through in our life and the seasons that we experience in life that challenge us, that hurt us, that bring us great pain, he is still worthy. Amen. He is still worthy, and we have to trust that God is doing a work in us. God is doing a work in your life, and you might not realize it. You may never see that in the moment, but you must rejoice in the Lord because the Lord is writing your testimony. Amen. He is preparing your story, He is doing something in your life in order so that you could get to that place that ultimately looks like His Son Jesus. The Lord wants to perfect you in the image of Christ, amen? That word rejoice is used both in the hope of glory of God and likewise in our suffering. And that word rejoice means to do over again with joy or to stir up joy again. A lot of times we need to stir up joy again. Why? Because the devil's always trying to rob us. It's like, you know, you come out of a great church service and, or a great time of prayer with the Lord, a great time, you know, reading the word of God, and you're, you're so encouraged, you're so blessed, and you come out of that place, and the first thing, you know, the, the, your ears hear is bad news. And what do you do? The enemy is challenging you in that moment to either lose your joy that is the strength which God provides or to succumb to what your ears have heard and just get all down and and faithless and bitter and, and doubtful. And the Lord is actually telling us in these moments he wants us to stir up joy again. How many of you remember that song? There's an old song that we used to sing that says, when I think of his goodness, amen, and all he's done for me, it says, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free. The song goes on to say, I can sing, 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 sing all night. Right? Right? When you think of the goodness of God, I pray that you could sing all night, right? Then it goes on to say that I can dance, 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 dance all night. It goes on to say that I can shout, 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 shout all night. Why? Because we serve a good God. We serve a good God. When I think of the goodness of God, I am automatically desired to, to sing and to shout and to praise and to give him who is worthy all of the praise, Because we serve the king of all kings and the name above all names. Amen. The Lord is strong. The Lord is mighty. The Lord is able. The Lord is loving. Amen. But imagine if we change the words to the song. When I think of the hard times and all that's been done to me. When I think of the hard times to the end I'll never see. I could sing, 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 sing sing all night. You see, it's a lot harder to want to sing when we're talking about our hardship. Oh, but I could dance, dance, dance all night. Or I could shout all night. And you might say, Pastor Duke, well, that's crazy. Well, that's what rejoicing in God looks like during your deepest times of pain. It looks like foolishness to this world. It looks like you have every reason to be angry at God, every reason to be you know, upset you know, at your situation, every reason to be you know, just frustrated with life. But yet, from that place, you give God all the glory and all of the honor. You rejoice because God never changes, and your pain never changes the promises of God. He is still worthy, amen? His promises are written forever, and they are not subject to change. A lot of stuff is subject to change. Everything in this world that we live in is subject to change, but God is unchanging. No matter who or how someone wants to refine what God has written, what has said and he said concerning your life is final. Amen. His word says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, we're too weak in our own strength to worship God in our deepest moments of pain. It's only through the Lord that he will strengthen you to praise him, that he will strengthen you to worship him in your deepest moments of grief. I'll never forget, it was years ago when my, my dad was, was fighting for his life, that my sister-in-law shared a song with me that uh, i, I I think it's Mercy Me or one of those artists that, says, uh, that sings a song. But the lyrics say, I've stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken that it'll be all right. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. And when I heard those lyrics, it absolutely like wrenched my heart. Because for me in my life and what I do it resonated so much with me. said, I'm trying to remind the broken that it's going to be all right, but God, I'm broken. I'm trying to encourage somebody to rejoice in God. I'm trying to re- encourage somebody to, to press through their pain, to have faith, to believe that the Lord will make a way. But Lord, I'm in the middle of praying, God, that you would make a way. And the Lord teaches us so much from those deep places, church, There's so much to learn, so much to gain from the Lord in those places, church. And the Lord doesn't want any one of us to think that it was by our own strength that we made it through. Amen. That's what the scripture just said. This all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I can't even tell you how I got through that season of life. Fast forward, it's 2023, and that was like 2017. But all I know is that the Lord was faithful. He supplied the strength when I was weak, amen. He supplied the joy when, when I wanted to have nothing to be thankful for. He supplied, you know, the provision. He supplied everything that I needed in that season of my life. And so we must understand that there's always purpose behind what we go through, amen. There's always purpose. Second Corinthians 1 verse 3 says this, But praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. He says, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows." It was said that God intentionally allows you to go through painful experiences to equip you for ministry to others. He's equipping you right now whether you realize it or not. You might say, Pastor Duke, well, this is, this is a hard lesson that I'm learning. Guess what? It's going to be keys that are going to unlock somebody from captivity. You just Wait. You just wait. What God is doing in your life is going to have a greater purpose than you will ever discover and you will ever see. But wait on the Lord to reveal it to your life. Amen? The promises that God makes for us, the scripture says that we are to give God our yes and our amen. That means that we agree, amen, with what God has said over our life. So if you are in need of comfort, if you're in need of healing deliverance, peace, joy, you know, finances, salvation, direction, whatever it is, then always know that what you receive in return from God is always meant to comfort the brokenhearted, to lay hands on the sick by the Spirit, to pray for others, to speak peace into the lives of others, to testify of the joy of the Lord to others, to give to others in need, to pray for the saving power of salvation, to come over somebody's life, to give guidance and wisdom to those in need. There's a purpose behind it. It's not just for you to get comforted by God. It's not just for you to receive from God and hold on to it for yourself. We are to be a testimony. The scripture says that we are living stones. That we are those who living, we are alive and we testify of what God has done for our life. Have you testified about the goodness of God lately? Have you showed somebody? Have you gone out of your way to tell somebody about the goodness of the God that you serve? Amen? Let's keep looking. Romans 5 and verse 3. Let's look at those verses one more time. He says, we also rejoice in our suffering because we know suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. Romans 15 and 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. And all peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord desires that through the challenging seasons of life, you'll have learned to rejoice in suffering, so that a lasting perseverance is built in your life, amen, that forever shapes your character more and more into the image of Christ to leave you ultimately with a hope in Christ that will never fade and so I want to quickly talk about the three things that are mentioned here the first thing that is mentioned is perseverance we have to ask ourselves this question why is perseverance important just think about this for a second and ask yourself why is perseverance important if you're taking notes I want you to write this down because only those who persevere can be perfected like Christ Write that down because only those who persevere can be perfected like Christ Hebrews chapter 3 in verse 14 says we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end What is he saying The way you first began to believe in Christ and through Christ only if we continue to believe the same way firmly to the end. This is something that we must do. This is a picture of what perseverance looks like. That means that we don't change our convictions. We don't waver in our beliefs, but we continue to stay stay steadfast and firm until the very end. Galatians 6.9, a favorite verse of mine says this, Let us not become weary in doing good. You see, do you know that the devil wants to wear you out sometimes? Okay, if you don't believe me, this morning I, I was foolish. Let me explain why. Some of you are looking at me like, what are you about to tell us? Well, recently I have been doing my very best to eat well, live well, run. I want to be able to run like I was in high school, which is a really high bar used to run like seven, eight miles with the cross-country team, and then I'd still go play tennis for, you know, two or three hours. I don't know if I'm there yet. I, I could barely do like a lap around my block right now at this point, but I'm working on it. But this morning, I decided to challenge myself, and I saw this video of this guy, and, you know, I thought, you know, men are kind of stubborn and macho, and, and you know, we're kind of those kind of creatures that think like, ah, if he can do it, I can do it, right? Is there any men like that in the house tonight? You know, we're, we're wired like that. We see something, we see somebody else do it. We're like, I can do that, you know. So I see this guy and he's, he does this thing and he says, we're going to do 100 push-ups. I'm like, I can do 100 push-ups. So he did 100 push-ups. He did four sets of 25. Started with 25, took a little 30-second break, did another 25 break, you know, so on and so on. So I do mine. I start. And Mario, I'm doing good. I'm like, boom, boom, and my wife's watching me, and my daughter's timing me, and I'm going like, yeah, I got this. Boom! I crank out 25, and I was like, woo! I wait 30 seconds, and I start doing my next 25. And Ricardo, I'm about five push-ups in, and then I'm like, ah, ah. 37, you know, or 33, whatever I was on. And I was like, ah. and I'm turning red and, you know, I'm changing colors and, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. And, and then I, I, I stopped myself. I didn't get to 50. I stopped at 35. And I was like, all right, you know, 30 seconds. You know, I got this. You know, shake it off. You know, I'm strong. I can do this. I, and I, I wait a little bit and I start, you know, my push-ups again. And, and, and I'm doing good form and all this stuff. And I'm like, huh, huh, and I do about three or four. And then like four, I'm almost like falling on my face. And I'm like, you know, and, and if you could have seen me, it was, it was awesome. I'm not going to do push-ups right here in front of you. But I, I, I literally did all hundred. But I had to do them in like increments in ten. And to be God honest with you, when I got to 81, I had to do what I call, like, sissy push-ups, <laughs> where you, like, keep your knees on the ground, and then you just, like, doing it with your arms, because I couldn't do it anymore. Like, I was absolutely fried. And when I went upstairs to take a shower to get ready for work, I, I grabbed my shampoo like this. I was like, oh. I couldn't even, like, put the shampoo on my head. Bad illustration, but let me teach you something tonight. Perseverance is about lasting. Perseverance is about getting to the end goal, no matter what it takes. You can be sweating and grinding and feel completely incapable of getting to the end, but you must stay the course. You must stick that thing out and you must get there until you arrive. In this life you face many upon many things that have challenged you, that have stressed you, that have frustrated you. But guess what? The, only those who will get saved, only those who will be saved. Matthew, I believe, 10, 22 speaks. It says, those who stand firm until the end shall be saved. If you want to receive heaven, you cannot quit now. If you want to see God face-to-face, you cannot quit in the midst of, oh, you know what? They're starting to persecute Christians for talking about Jesus. You know what? It's getting a little too hot. I'm just going to shrink back. No, 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 my friend. There's never a good time to shrink back. Amen? We must persevere. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this, so consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith, we learn this, produces perseverance. In order to persevere, you must be tested. You must be tried. He says, he goes on to say in verse 4, so let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. You want to know why many people fall away after choosing Christ? Is because the fire gets too hot. Matthew 13 talks about it. Matthew 13 in the parable of the four soils says that, that some fall away, you know, because of the deceitfulness of wealth and the cares of this life. That's the problems that you face in this world. Those things, they, they, they aggravate you, they get you too much, that all of a sudden people lose faith and they fall away from God, amen? And, and here's the deal, when the fire gets too hot, you can't shrink back. You have to trust that when the fire gets cranked up, he's going to stand in the fire with you. He will stand in that fire with you. But here's the deal. A lot of those people that will fall away when the fire gets hot, they probably grew up as spoiled kids. And that is that they always got everything that they asked for when they asked for it. And did you know that God is a perfect father? And God doesn't spoil his children. God's not just going to give you something, you know, in, in a way where it's going to ruin your life. You see, a bad parent will spoil their child. A bad parent will continue to give their kid candy over and over until their mouth is full of cavities because they don't care what's happening to the child. They just want the child to just be quiet. But a good parent will do what's best for the child. Amen. A good parent is going to do what is best for that child. And so those people that fall away, they grow up with that spoiled kid mentality. And they've never had to wait to get what they've asked for. Do you know that God grows you in the waiting? God perfects you in the waiting. God strengthens you in the waiting. God sustains you in the waiting. And without perseverance, you will always be immature and incomplete. You'll find yourself, you know, like people that that do nowadays, they, they fall away so quickly because they're immature. They're immature. They haven't matured. They haven't got to that place in their life where they are complete in the Lord. And the things that you desire, they won't be attainable because you can't give a Corvette to a toddler. Think about this. People desire to receive a lot of things in this life and in this world, but here's the deal. People can't be trusted with certain things, and God is not going to trust something with somebody that he's not yet proven. He has to see proof in your life in order to advance you, amen, in order to bring something greater into your life, in order to bring some new blessing into your life. He has to go, allow you to go through the fire of testing so that you will prove to be able to persevere. And the things that you want to receive won't be given a lot of times because the capacity to manage the blessing isn't there yet. That's just the truth. And so we have to let perseverance in our times of pain finish its work. Amen? The second thing that we read is character. Character. Perseverance produces character. What is character? Character. Pastor Soto has always said, personality is who you are in front of people, but character is who you are behind closed doors. Amen? Character is who you are behind closed doors when nobody's watching, when nobody's listening. And why is character important? Write this down. Because God is more interested in who you are before him than who you've become in front of man. God is more interested in who you are before him than who you've become in front of man. And if we are to become the person that God desires as well as a person that others should want to follow their example, it's important and imperative that we give careful attention to the real us and the person that we are on the inside. I'll illustrate it this way. This is why people, you know, uh, during election season will tell you everything that you want to hear to receive your vote, right? Oh, I'm going to lower taxes. Who doesn't want that? Oh, I'm going to give out, you know, like, you know, free pizza. Who doesn't want that? You know, like, they're going to promise you all of these nice things. It sounds so good. It sounds so promising. It sounds so, so honest. It sounds so pure. But then after they step into a position of power, the masks come off true amen Amen. the masks come off and why is that because power actually reveals your true colors a great blessing actually reveals truly who you are it reveals a a place in your heart and in your life that if you had more you wouldn't love god the same People pray, oh, God, I want to be a millionaire. God, I want to have, you know, all these things. And God's like, man, if I gave you that, you would you'd buy an island and I'd never see you again. <laughs> and so there's times where the Lord actually has to keep us humble to keep us relying on him. Amen? This is why you see athletes who come from nothing. They'll get paid millions of dollars to play in the NFL or the NBA or what have you. They get paid millions of dollars, and all of a sudden they go from, from having lived a lifestyle where they had nothing, but all of a sudden they have something, and then what happens? The true character is revealed. They looked humble, and they looked you know, down to earth when before they had a, a, a check with a lot of zeros at the end of it, but once they got that check, all of a sudden you saw that they began using drugs and abusing people and acting like they're above authorities and above the law. Why? Because something was revealed in their life. Character matters. Amen. I'll say it again. Character matters. Because for those of you who want to be married so bad and you desire so much a relationship in your next season, listen to me carefully, you better not fall for the sweet talk or the false promises. Because in the beginning of every relationship, there's a lot of sweet talk that happens. In the beginning of every relationship, I don't, care, I don't care who you are, somebody sweet-talked you at one point, and they were going to promise you the world and promise you this great, fantastic life and all these things, but here's the deal. You better not fall for that stuff, and you better get to know that person well so that you understand, because once you say yes, you're not only in a covenant with that person, but you're in a covenant with God. And you can't just back out because all of a sudden, all the promises they made aren't coming true. You can't just walk away from the situation now because, oh, they said they were going to do this in my life, and they said they were going to do that. And all of a sudden, they haven't done one of those things that they promised, but yet, you're in a covenant before God. Character matters, doesn't it? Character matters, amen? Proverbs 10 and verse 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. It says, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. That means the things that are done in darkness will be, be, you know, the light will shine on those things. They'll eventually be found out. The man that sweet talked, the woman that, you know, convinced her to marry him but then was cheating on the side, he'll eventually get found out. Because character matters, amen. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Why is he telling us to think about these things that are honorable and admirable and and pure? Why is he telling us because the Lord is looking at what you think about and he's advising you, don't think about the other things. Think about these things. Because the Lord is interested more in who you are before him. Amen. Who you are before him. You can look a certain way in front of me, and I can look a certain way in front of you. But here's the deal. He's looking at the inside of your heart that nobody else can see. First Samuel 16 and 7, I made reference to it earlier. The Lord said to Samuel, do not look. Or consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. He says, The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Listen, gifts and abilities may open doors, but character will determine what you do once the door is open. Character will always determine what you do once that door is open. And maybe the door that you've been praying to open cannot open because you're not ready. God is saying, you know, you're you're saying, oh, God, I want this, I want this, I want this. And the Lord's saying, you are not ready. I'll never forget the Lord clearly speaking to me after a few years of praying to have a child and trying to have a child. The Lord told me at some point in that journey, maybe two years into it, the Lord spoke to me and he says, son, you are not ready to be a father. You still need to learn how to be a husband. And as much as that was like humbling and, you know, like, uh, you know, I thought like, well, I'm married, you know, like, uh, you know, I I think I'm a good husband at this place, at this point in my life. And the Lord's like, hey, hold on a second. Don't get ahead of yourself. There's still more I want to show you now. Be a husband and learn to be a good one. Learn to treat your wife right. I got to see my brother Prince this past weekend and, you know, he said something really awesome and it tooted my horn, you know, I, I can't lie. But, but he saw Mandy, and uh, when, he saw, when he saw her, he said, oh, wow, Mandy. He says, you look beautiful. He says, your husband must treat you really well. And then he saw me, and then he said it in front of me, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do, I do, you know. Humble brag, humble brag. The Lord's been good to us. What can I say? Amen. But here's the deal. The Lord wants us to learn what we need to know now and not be anxious to get ahead of ourselves, and not be anxious to get ahead of his plan for our life. He doesn't want you to worry about tomorrow when there's something to learn today. There's some area in your heart and in your life that God needs to grow you today. So before questioning, uh, questioning the Lord about the season that you are in, first ask God to reveal to you the character that you have. Amen? Is, is your conversation about others behind closed uh, doors a blessing or a curse? Is your actions behind closed doors honoring God, amen? Is your thought life about things and others honoring God? Because before you question why God hasn't in your life, first look at what he has to work with. (laughs) First look at what he has to work with, and that's us. So let this work of character be done in your life, amen? He said to love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, our soul, and our strength. John 14, verse 15 says, if you love me, then keep my commands. You see, our character always reveals our love for him. And finally, hope. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Why is hope important? You can write this down because it's faith in him who promised. It's what it boils down to. It's faith in the one who promised. I can be hopeful in all circumstances because God is not a man that he should lie. He is not a man that he should lie. Eugene Peterson said this Hoping does not mean doing nothing, it is not a fatalistic resignation. It means going about our assigned tasks, confident that God will provide the meaning and the conclusion. He said, it is not compelled to work away at keeping up an appearance with a bogus spirituality. He said, it is the opposite of desperate and panicky manipulations of scurrying and worrying. He says, and hoping is not dreaming. It's not a spinning illusion, spinning an illusion or fantasy to protect us from our boredom or from our pain. He said it means a confident, alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. It is imagination put in the harness of faith. It is a willingness to let God do it his way and in his time. It is the opposite of making plans that we demand that God put into effect, telling him both how and when to do it. He said, that is not hoping in God, but bullying God. He said, I pray to God my life, a prayer, and I wait for what he will say and do. He said, my life is on the line before God, my Lord, watching and waiting until morning, and waiting and watching till morning. See, that's hoping in the Lord that ultimately you come to that place in your life where you rest in him. You wait on him. You wait on his timing. You don't try to hurry God or rush God for what he wants to do, but you trust in him. N.T. Wright said, The living God has come with healing and hope through Jesus Christ. And he has picked up the battered and the dying world, and he has bound up its wounds, and he has set it on a road to full health. Romans 5.5 5 says, because hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, if the Holy Spirit is living in your life tonight and right now, you should be hope filled. You should always be in hope and trusting in the Lord and knowing that God will see you through. Knowing that the Lord knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Knowing that the Lord is faithful to his word. And if the situation that you face looks hopeless, then remind the situation that you serve the God of miracles. If the thing that you face in your life right now seems, you know, helpless or the circumstances seem endless, then remind your circumstance that no situation can last longing to our God eternal. There's no situation that can outlast God. He's forever eternal, church. So the thing that you're going through, I'll I'll give you peace and I'll give you hope in your heart. The situation you could be going through right now, it will end. Amen? The tomorrow will happen and the Lord will bring us into a new day, amen? But I pray that while you're in the day that he has you now, allow the Holy Spirit to pour the love of God back into your heart tonight. So as I ask you to stand to your feet. Beautiful verse in Psalms 119 verse 116 it says this. It says, sustain me my God, according to your promises, and I will live. Amen? I don't know what you need tonight, but I pray that you would just bring to remembrance the promises of God over your life today. Amen?